Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Kevin Gallagher. Just a brief uh, news rundown, a sort of uh, accounting of the goings-on in our wonderful, weird community. But before we get into that, we would be remiss if we did not bring up sponsors of the show, Goats of the BJJ merch, apparel, and training gear game. No judges needed. The absolute one-stop shop for all of your needs if you are a grappler of any kind. We're talking casual wear that just really screams the culture. Uh, amazing logo, amazing uh, material. You're getting the best of the best when you when you order from these guys, along with uh, hoodies, rash guards, tank tops, uh, geese modeled by the immaculate Mr. Kevin Gallagher. And... Uh, they are kind enough to work with us to get you guys, our viewers, a promo code netting you 20% off all purchases. And really, when you buy from these guys, you're really buying back into the community. You're helping invest in the community. These guys do a lot of work uh, sponsoring fighters, like helping events, and really just generating a lot of positivity in what many would describe as not a very positive time for humanity. So, again, that is code JJT at checkout. Let them know we sent you. You're helping them out. You're helping us out. And you're helping your wallet out. So go do that right now. We'll wait. <laughs> okay, I assume all of you went and bought a ton of stuff. So let's just get right into the news before that. Um, how you doing, man? Good, man. Uh, been, a, been a busy week. But hey, you know what? Busy weeks are good, man. Um, you know, it's been a busy work week in the uh, jiu-jitsu MMA world. That's lots of lots of uh topics and oh, lots of fight. uh conversations afloat the fighting to review yeah the that fight. Khabib fight was amazing you saw it right yeah like, of course were, i did yeah were you, watching, sure. were, you, were, were you watching it live i watched it live yeah i mean it, again it was a weird start time to have it start at two o'clock in the afternoon was a bit odd to me i talked to Billy Quarantello, got a little inside information, and he seemed to believe that it had something to do with the fact that um, they wanted it to go prime time in Moscow or in Russia because the Khabib has such a big Russia following. And, you know, that ties greatly into the fact that I don't think that they did a very huge amount of job, huge amount of work or put a lot of work into Promoting. marketing for this. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see much talk about this fight at all i was like oh wow the khabib uh, gaethje fights this weekend and the magnitude of the fight it didn't seem like the ufc was was too concerned with, with was getting out there so they may have been promoting it more in the european market because Khabib's bigger over there i mean i i noticed that you you the first thing i saw on social media right after the fight was actually you posting is a <laughs> quote gaethje will do it and then a little mini you laughing is yeah with, the, the, with the banana peels in the back i thought that was funny well oh, i you man. know I firmly believe that Goji had a chance. Goji, Goji had a chance um, to win. He's got a puncher's chance. He could beat anybody. His 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 hands looked heavy in the beginning. You know, like but, there were some changes on the feet. But you know, Khabib looked great on the feet as well. It wasn't yeah. really like he was in a lot of trouble. Yeah, Gagey Gagey never got a chance to get off. Uh, Khabib's pressure is just otherworldly, and. It goes to the to the idea that it's it wasn't necessarily because everyone talks about Khabib's pressure as far as his top pressure after the takedown because he'll take you down and he'll grind you out and he'll suck the life out of you. But Khabib was putting a particular type of pressure on Gagey 
by coming forward. And because Gagey was so concerned about the takedown, he had to keep moving around. He had to keep circling off the cage and could never set his feet, which is what power punchers need to do to get power off of their punches, off of their strikes. And because he's moving around, that constant pressure moving forward, if you notice at the end of the first round, Gagey looked beat. He looked spent. Yeah. You know, we're talking about an all-American D1 wrestler that got taken down off of the cage. You could just see the look in his face of like a uh, wrestler. <sighs> <Yeah. laughs> like what the hell was going on here? Like that pressure of Khabib was otherworldly and it truly showed through tonight. And his stand, his stand up yeah. was amazing. He was beating, he was beating the better striker. Everyone said to the punch constantly. I, I think that we recently got some more insight into the fight from uh, former champion, Daniel Cormier himself, uh, close friend and teammate of Habib, and that is that while he had the armbar locked up, he actually made the conscious effort to switch to the triangle as he had heard in the lead-up that Gaethje was not going to tap, and he was like, I don't want to break this man's arm in front of his family. Right, you know. Which is, that is the most gangster shit. That is like that that knowing you have a guy in a way that's going to just make him hurt in front of people he loves and the fact like I, and for, correct me if i'm wrong i think he there's a like you could just, you could pop out of the triangle like if you have a submission locked up transitioning to a different one there's an opening there he's leaving openings for 100%. escape he 100%. literally made his job harder yeah, and, but... and injected more risk into and this fight because <laughs> he had the arm trapped in the armpit the arm bar was Dude, all he had to do was hip into it. He would have broke his arm. And it makes finishing the triangle that much more difficult because the arm is now not across the chin. Now it's finishable, but it makes it more difficult to finish. And, you know, all of these things just add to the mystique that makes Khabib the the most uh, amazing dominant fighter in their history of MMA. As far as I'm concerned, now it's debatable. I'm not saying that as an absolute because there's other guys out there. Fedor, you talk about John Jones, you talk about all the things uh, they've accomplished. I don't want to, you know, know yeah. what? With, with how John's been acting <laughs> on social media, I, like, I just, just, I just spit him out. Just saying like, the name makes me go. Ah. <laughs> if after that, if after that he's like, he's, there's a way for him to not be a dick. And it's right. like, after that, maybe wait at least a month give, give it a before you go. I'm give, the real go. Like, give it a week. Give it maybe, a week. Maybe, like, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Right. Like, yeah, you probably not are. No, but like. And, and, you know, we could talk a whole lot about the body of work of John Jones versus Khabib. And yeah, you know what? John Jones is on an elite level. The first, I think it's 15 title defenses against. He, I mean, he fought everybody. You can say whatever you want about John Jones. Yeah, he was a pain in the ass. Yeah, he did a lot of things wrong. And he, you know, fought. Everyone finished 15 title defenses. He's probably the greatest fighter of all time, but he was an asshole and couldn't get his shit together. So there's always going to be that asterisk. Like when you talk about guys that are the GOAT, like Michael Jordan, no one debates it. No questions asked. You could uh, LeBron I mean, James like... can try to pretend, <laughs> but Le Michael Jordan is far behind the, the greatest because he never left any questions in anybody's mind. John Jones fucked up. Got popped with the PEDs. Got popped running some pregnant woman off the road. <laughs> like you know, like he was. He, he, that, that was that thing where he like grabbed a stripper. He was doing right. all this stuff. Now he's he trying to say, "I don't want to fight. I deserve you know, wilder money." Like you know, John, you keep hurting yourself more. Just shut up. 
But, you know, you can look at Khabib. I, I personally believe that, you know, based particularly on this last fight, I don't think I've ever seen a performance that dominant in my entire life of watching MMA. You know, and now hearing what Cormier says afterwards, when you talk about the fact that he had the wherewithal in a title fight, and probably his defining moment in the cage, the fact that he knows is going to be his retirement. He knows he's going to retire after. He has the wherewithal to say, I, first of all, because when he finished the arm triangle, which is we heard later when Cormier, he did that arm triangle for Mount, which God is, holy shit, when have you ever seen that done? When When is an MMA fighter going to give up Mount for a goddamn arm triangle? For, for, I for mean, a triangle? that sounds like. That honestly sounds like, and I hate to bring his name up into this just because it breaks my heart a little bit. That sounds like some Tony Ferguson shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does, but it's but it's still like who would that's ever like still it's bonk. Even even Eddie would go to Tony and go like, "What the why?" <laughs> well, you know, you have particularly when you have a very dominant mounted position with plenty of time on the clock to just pound Gagey, you know, to do what you do because Khabib is a ground and pound guy apparently, but he purposely went to that submission because it was his father's favorite submission. You know, that's, it's yeah. insane. Like those are things that as black belts, like I toy with my blue belts with in, 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 a, in, in a rolling at the, at the, at, at, at the gym, because I want to try new things. Or I feel like, Oh, cool. Like I could just do this because it's a blue belt. That's the immense confidence that Khabib has in his game. And his do you want to know something that, that I think I think that Habib has proven that that gives him an edge over John in the goat debate is that you know you can say a lot about what a champion needs to be you know and John for each of his fights has adapted to the opponent and he has been whatever he's needed to be to beat someone but on the flip side with Habib Habib has not had to change at all he's just himself. He and does what he everyone does. has failed to adapt to him. He, yeah, like, but, literally, if you in your mind were to just map out the, I think the like even a casual MMA fan could map out how the average Habib fight goes, and that's like you, you may think it's boring, but how crazy is it that a guy is able to do the same thing to everybody all the time, no matter what? Like one hundred percent. I hear that a lot. People use the name boring when they talk about Khabib, and I'm, I look at that and I go, "Out of your mind? How could you say that Khabib is a boring fight? Look at the way he stopped Khabib down. Look at the way he threw flying knees at, at at Gagey. Look at the way he, you know, when he takes people down, it's exciting. He's not just a laying prayer. Like GSP was a boring fighter. GSP would take you down, lay on top of you, do just enough Rapple to win box. rounds, and then yeah, move on, like... right? But, you know, but he, but he earned the right to do that. He's GSP. Like, Khabib was looking like, yeah, telling people, you should quit. I'm the greatest. Like, it's amazing to me that people would even use Khabib and boring in the same sentence. It, it just blows my mind. Now, to answer your question about the GOAT status, un unfortunately, we can talk. There's different levels of GOAT. Like you could talk about the guy who was probably the greatest to ever do it for a short period of time. And I think Khabib definitely falls into that category. I mean, there's guys like that, you know, were flashes in the pan that were BJ, BJ Penn, you know, BJ the, the Penn, prodigy. Right. he's definitely up there. Um, but it's longevity. John Jones, definitely. And I think that John Jones is we're beginning to see the tapering off of his career, at least at, at like light heavyweight. You know, we were seeing him not look as, as mythical, not look as indestructible. You know, look at Dominic Reyes. Dominic Gray has got that far, and look at what happened when he went against Jan Blaskowitz. Like, yeah. 
the, it, the MMA math is one thing, but also it's it's weird to see the the drop off, and you could say that that's something to do with well, you know, Dom the, more than more so than the idea of who is the greatest of all time in any sport or any endeavor is always debatable because you can always find pros and cons to anything. You can always, and it's a lot of it's due to, p- to personal opinion. Um, I personally believe that John Jones is probably higher on the list as far as the goat goes than Khabib simply because he did it for a long period of time. One of my major criteria when we talk about the goat is longevity. Like you have to be able to maintain over the long haul for extended period of time, which is why I still believe Gordon Ryan has some ways to go before we can talk about him being a goat. Now, is he the probably is is in the small time frame that Gordon Ryan and Khabib competed? Are they probably the most dominant figures in the history of MMA? I really believe they are. But well, I, I think less- something to something to look at with, and I, I I agree with you. I think longevity is important, but also you know look at the people John's beaten. You know the right. uh, um, titans, titans of the sport. But are any of them as important to the the fabric of MMA today than Conor McGregor? You know, like in terms of just name recognition, there he's the most popular guy in the world for mixed martial arts. It's and, not and, even close. And, and Habib made him. Habib made him look like he shouldn't even be there. Right. Like he was drawing it out just so he could pummel him more. And no matter what bullshit McGregor posts on social media, like, oh, these two are just, like, on the real – like, no. No one believes that anymore. Like, I saw Kobe Covington say some things about, well, the reason why Khabib never went up to 170 is because he's scared of you. Like, bro, Khabib uh, ain't scared of anyone. That guy there are, is there are heavyweights. <laughs> there are heavyweights in the UFC right now that Khabib could be. Yeah, he, he, he yeah. don't want no part of Khabib. <laughs> heavyweights. He's a heavyweight. huge man. He probably walks around 190 pounds. You know, completely yeah. hydrated. He's a big dude. He's real big. He has a hard time. He could bulk down. up and just be a fat two twenty, like just a beer gut, and still just beat everybody. Like I, it's you could put him in. It's it's for me. It is like, are do people? For me, the guy like your your longevity. But for me, it's do people have an answer for you? And truthfully, no one at all has had an answer for him and what he does. He's not had to evolve at all. He is. Right. He's not some like organism that needs to evolve and change and adapt. He's the fucking meteor that is or starches an entire he planet. <laughs> he's an apex predator. Then yeah, he does he does what he does and he says, okay, that's very cute. If you'd like to try to stop it, you're more than welcome to, but I'm going to continue to do what I do. And he goes at it with reckless abandon. And that's that's why I go back to the boring part. If you think if you think it could be was boring, like you just you're not watching the same sport I'm watching. I have a theory with with guys like Habib, and I, and and you could pr- correct me if I'm wrong, but it's uh, like there's a an uncle, uh, one of my uncles, Eddie. He was a, a pole vaulter for Cornell, and uh, for many years he held a, a record for like the height, you know, just because it was like he was uh, nationally ranked. He was like the best pole vaulter the school had ever had, and no one touched his record for a long time until years later, a, ki- a kid like a freshman or, or something, pole vaulter, contacted him. I'm not sure how old he was. He contacted my uncle and asked, I need you to help train me to beat your record. Like he had to go to the guy to beat it. And um, they, they worked together for a while, and the kid ended up beating his record. And so right. I think that there's sometimes there's something that you can only get 
from a person like Habib. Like, I really don't think we're going to see another Habib until he has kids and or opens up a gym, like starts training people. Yeah, and, and it's there's all there's that really cool part of it that you know, and you could say whatever you want to do. Yeah, you know, same thing with Marcelo Garcia. Like, they went out on their terms. They decided yeah. to say one day, you know what? I don't care anymore. I'm done with the fight. I'm done with the game. My father passed away. I think he's still going to come back for enough money. But I don't know. He has enough mental fortitude to not care about. Marcelo Garcia hasn't come back yet. Like, I'm done with it. I've accomplished everything I've wanted to accomplish. You guys can debate all you want. There's that feeling of contentment that only true apex warriors can have that they don't need they don't have to feel in the linger like they don't have to be anderson silva to come back and try to attain something they saw they don't have to be bj Penn to come back when they're really past their prime because they feel like they still have to prove something to someone like they are content with moving on their life and you know he probably doesn't need the money i don't know how, i don't know what it costs to live in dagestan but you got a couple million dollars in dagestan you're probably living like a king for a long long time plus the fact he's a national treasure in russia they're gonna they're gonna take care of him forever I but mean, like, his like when his dad, makes when a his dad was, yeah, when his dad first came down with COVID, Putin airlifted him to like the best hospital right. in the country. Putin, right. the guy right. in charge, right. like outside of like Colby, what athlete would right. Trump do anything like that for? Right. You know, it's that's obviously apples and oranges. Right. Russia is a very different place. They they uh, is different different bag of worms, but still, like that, that's crazy to me. <laughs> Yeah, it's that's the whole thing. Like we could talk all day long about what makes the goat, and when there's there's parts of people that can truly debate Khabib being the goat, simply because of all the same way people could debate Marcelo Garcia being the goat, simply because there's this whole level of mysticism, this whole level of what could have been, what might have been in the future if he would have continued to fight. Because I think if he continues to fight, I don't know anybody's gonna fucking beat him. But you never know because he he hung it up. So there you go. Yeah, and you know, to to Habib, million to one chance you're watching this, but yeah, thanks for the memories, man. You're, you're one of the best to ever. Do it, so yeah. no, no doubt in my mind. People are going to be looking at tape of Habib and trying to recreate, like like how Kobe tried to recreate Jordan, and everyone tried to recreate, you know, Gretzky. People are going to try and solve that problem and figure out. How the hell do you do that? And until someone actually has the stones to move to Dagestan and yeah, just raise a kid fighting bears, they're not going to get it. <laughs> that's a special, special person that the once in a lifetime. I don't think we're going to see that again. These so Dagestan you go to Yellowstone National Park and you just pick a fight with a baby bear cub, <laughs> you're <laughs> done. <laughs> you ain't doing that again. What's right, next? Move, what are we else? Moving what else on to – well, speaking of apex predators, we'd be remiss not to talk about one 10th uh, oh, yeah. planet phenom, Grace Gundrum. Submitting Patty Fontes at Fight to Win, 155, new champion, uh, via Dead Orchard, uh, coined by the uh, by one of our earliest guests, uh, Nate Orchard. Um, did you end up seeing this match? You know what? I haven't seen it, but I read your breakdown of it, and uh, it seems to be very typical of the typical Grace Gundrum match. You know, she pulls guard, closes her guard up, locks somebody down in her ridiculous – 
pressure that she doesn't that you look at her she's some little you know she looks like some kind of something out of a japanese horror film you know like a little little small like frail thing and, and her ability to be able to lock people down and pull them in and and, and, and control their postures is other otherworldly oh uh real quick brief shout out to a teammate of mine and uh, someone that haunts my nightmares on a pretty regular basis uh gabby etzel was also on the card had an amazing finish um, just love the arm bar, uh, amazing finish from her. And she is terrifying. She, she's actually working in a haunted house right now, scaring people with how good a closed guard is. So. <laughs> oh my God. Is that Gabby's closed guard? <laughs> oh no, I'm done. I'm trapped. <laughs> All the terrified white belts and blue belts. <laughs> oh, dude, purple and brown belts too, purple man. Brown she, doesn't discriminate. she doesn't discriminate, but yeah. So this was just an amazing match. And, uh, I think it's it's funny to see this this current resurgence of tenth planet standouts with dynamite finishes. You know, we had Keith Florian just got promoted after his win. Uh, John John Blank, um, Grace. I, I I what what do you think? You know, or, or is this just a is is this just a natural like some teams are on top, some teams are on bottom for a while, or like are we seeing? Are we seeing some new stuff from the Tenth Planet crew? You know, I I'm happy to see Tenth Planet getting their place at the table again. You know, I you know they've been doing it for a little while, but it's good to see them get acknowledged for they are. I was just talking to I remember who I talked to the other day, but I was talking about the fact that you know Tenth Planet is now starting not just to be the submission only type guys. Even though this was a submission only match, but you're starting to see them pop up in ADCCs. You're starting to see them pop up pop up in regular tournament styles with points and things like that. And it's cool to see a system as evolved as Eddie Bravo's become accepted as real jujitsu because a lot of people for a long time just kind of thought, oh, geez, that 10th planet thing, that's just some stoner offshoot of jujitsu that Eddie Bravo put together to market to 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 the to the counterculture to get people involved. I mean, Grace Gundrum, Grace Gundrum's a fake force of nature. Like Thor is a force of nature. Uh Who's the Keith. other cat who's got his black belt? Uh, Keith Kikorin. Keith Kikorin. He's a big force of nature. Like these guys are amazing jujitsu practitioners on all levels. Um, another thing, just to kind of bring it up for a second, is is Zach Malone. You know, I I follow him on Instagram. I've had him on the Old Man Grappling Hour before. Like his name should be spoken more as an elite level coach. Like that Grace comes from his from his school. Uh, Zach. Um, uh, uh, Thor comes from his school. John Blank from school. He's got another guy, Zach uh, Maloney or something. I forget not his name. Actually, what's his name? Um, big tall kid. I can't think of his name. He's going to be pissed off because I think it's Sergi Zachary or something like that. He's a, I roll with him over at Thor's place. He's another guy out there in, on the on the Nogi scene all the time. But like whatever they're doing up there in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, I think they're at. Like they're doing the right thing because uh, they're putting out some really good talent. Maybe we can get Zach yeah. on here one day. Uh, no doubt that would be an awesome awesome guest to have but i think it's really it's kind of cool that we I, I never i didn't plan this truthfully that we're talking about habib and his dominance and then we move on to talking about grace just because again very similar similarly to habib in mma he's gonna get the takedown he's gonna either just beat you to a pulp get the decision and he's gonna look untouched while you look like a mangled fruit or he's going to get the submission on you just because he's, his pressure is incredible. With Grace, same thing. You're going to end up in her in her closed guard. Then you're going to end up in a rubber guard. And then you're going to end up in the dead orchard or a triangle or some such 
uh, bendy, bend, bendy trickery. Do you think it's appropriate to, to start talking about her in that way? You know, I know she's young. She just got her black belt. But it's, it's truly she's taking that move and lighting the women's like sub only scene on fire with it. Well, I mean, Patty Fontaine is, is ridiculous. She's and she's no forever. joke. Yeah, she's no, no joke. joke. She's been, yeah, I mean, she's she's been competing at a very high level for a long time. I think Grace Howard, she's only 18. She's just a baby. I think she's, she's either baby. 18 or 19. 18 yeah, or 19 still, though. Yeah. That's still just a child. You know, she's another one of the new breed of grappler that has been starting from that young, young age where they learn at an accelerated pace, and now they're becoming adults. I mean, they have literally – forgotten more about jujitsu than we'll ever know it's just a part of who they are because they learn at that period where their bodies and brains are designed to absorb information and now she's out there showing what she's got i'm excited for the future to see what she has to bring i still you know in my heart of hearts is the 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 what are the the freaking old school guy that i am I, i'd like to say traditionalist that i am I'd like to see her win an ADCC or win an IBJJF just to kind of show that she can do it in the points game um, so she doesn't get labeled as that submission-only girl. But I think she's completely capable of doing that. I think that – this is a dick thing to say just because I know she's 10th planet and I know it's not her bag. But I, whenever I see a high-level 10th planet guy – and we had Nate on and he talked about this a little. But I just – I want to see him throw on the you know, I just want to. I want to see him. Try. I just want, you know, just like. <laughs> Dude, I I'll say this all the time. Is and, and and again, the more and more I read up on the history, that if you got, we'll say it again. If you haven't read close, opening closed guard by Robert yeah, you're missing. Probably it. You're maybe missing next it. week we'll be doing that. Yeah, I, that I'm almost through it. I've got about uh, I'm about 200 pages in. I'm going to dedicate myself to try to knock that thing out. All right, on. It's like I can't wait to talk to you about it. So it's really right good. <laughs> but I'm about, I'm about halfway through it, and but the more and more I'm reading on it, the more and more I'm realizing that gee, no gee, it's all the same shit. The people that like to draw distinctions, you're just being blah doesn't make a difference and in that same frame like the the 10th planet people if they ever put a gi on like if you took grace or you took nathan orchard or you took boogie and you put them in a gi like they would be a slight learning curve for them but eventually it's all jujitsu they're going to figure out how to maintain and control of this instead of a meat hook they're just going to grab that lapel and rip it over and i think we just start we start there. suddenly seeing like an influx of 10th planet people just dominate like gi tournaments just because now people got to deal with some stuff that they weren't dealing with before and, yeah it, you know, it's, it's just, not okay we can't heal hook but we can do all this other i don't stuff. i don't i don't get it myself i don't understand why people are like oh no gi is this or oh gi is this i just it's just jiu-jitsu man i don't i don't know why you can't you know find find it in your heart to do both but man, it's whatever. all love and jiu-jitsu it's it is what it is i think it comes down to more than anything marketing it's just my opinion but whatever no big deal move on with it all right. I think uh, one last thing I wanted to talk about briefly, and it's more about uh, – well, it's a bit of an MMA episode, but it's more about um, when, like, the pro MMA fighters, like, want to delve a little bit deeper into the world of jiu-jitsu. You know, if they didn't already come from there, you know, we got Rose Namajunas, former champion, absolute legend of the, the women's division, uh, stopped by uh, the blue basement with Dan and her death squad and started and did some training with Ryan Hall. And I wanted to ask you as someone who probably runs into a lot of these cats, when you get an MMA fighter, say they're not as 
maybe not as accomplished and, and learned as Rose, but a, like a, a decent MMA fighter that comes to you and says, I want to get more into jiu-jitsu. What does their path look like compared to someone who's just starting jiu-jitsu for jiu-jitsu sake? You know, it's, uh, it's going to be accelerated. You know, it, it all depends on what they want to get out of it. You know, it, it'll be accelerated because obviously if you're looking to be an MMA fighter, you're looking to train at that next level. So you're going to fight and do jujitsu at that next level. So anytime across the board, someone is an MMA fighter, you know, you're going to be in for a tough role. They're just going to be hard nosed, tough, probably very good positionally wise, very difficult to sweep because they're accustomed to throwing punches. They're not going to tap very easily. They're going to be hard to hold down all the normals that you would consider to be a next level athlete. Um, but I guess the advice, and this is the advice I always give to athletes that come to me that want to be better at MMA and start to use jujitsu. Like I don't ever tell them, okay, cool. I'm going to show you a different curriculum or a different style of jujitsu. That's more apt to your MMA. I will, upon teaching things, make little distinctions to say, okay, well, cool. Like now from this position, I would do X, Y, Z in an MMA fight as opposed to a jujitsu match. But the idea is, is, you know, you have to get better at the individual aspects of MMA in order to become a successful MMA fighter. And that's one of the biggest things I have problems with when I see up and coming fighters. And I get it's debatable. Other people, coaches have different ideas in this, but I believe if you're going to be a UFC fighter, if you're going to be an MMA fighter, you don't just train MMA, right? You train boxing, you train Muay Thai. You train the individual elements that make you a better Muay Thai fighter, that make you a better MMA fighter. You train wrestling independent of your jiu-jitsu, independent of striking, so that you become better at those individual aspects of MMA. So in that accord, when you're training jiu-jitsu, you train jiu-jitsu to be a jiu-jitsu athlete, to learn the skill sets of jiu-jitsu. Upon now, your reaction time and your reasoning and your thought processes during an actual fight will be ready and applicable to what you're doing in jiu-jitsu. And I see so many people that are like, well, I'm just going to go spar. I'm just going to do MMA training. So, well, you're doing yourself a disservice. You should get better at all aspects. It's just like same thing I say about the gi. Like, I don't, if you're training MMA, and again, this is debatable and contentious, a bunch of other a bunch of other coaches. But I mean, I don't see any reason why you can't train in the gi, get better at jiu-jitsu, focus on becoming a gi athlete and getting your black belt in the gi, and not be a successful MMA fighter. It's just silly. It's it's silly to me because you're learning how to think using jiu-jitsu and dress, which is what you do in an MMA fight. Hang on one second. I just I I think this is worth bringing up. But yeah. um, what the what the fuck are they feeding Nicky Ryan? <laughs> oh, man, I, did I blame well, you? Know, just started like you just so I'll just say he's a kid. I know he's, he's a baby. You know he went from being. We've watched him grow from a 15-year-old little – like think about every 15-year-old you've ever seen. They don't have muscles. They're all just kind of like gangly little things. Now he's growing into a 19, 20-year-old man. He's hitting that growth spurt the same way Gordon Ryan did. And I'll defend Gordon Ryan forever. I don't know for sure he's not doing any freaking juice. But I will say this, that when you become – you hit that second growth spurt, in your 22 23 and that pretty much correlates with what gordon ryan's growth has become you know he you put on that kind of man muscle and man density and man weight 
right around 23, 24. And that's pretty content, pretty consistent with what we've seen with Gordon Ryan's growth. And if Rick Nicky is anything like Gordon, he's got the same genes, he's going to be a monster too. His, I'm, listen, he's one of them's got a rash guard on, so it's a little hard to tell. But I'm I'm thinking Nikki's traps might even be bigger than Gordon's. Looking like, <laughs> looking like a goddamn ninja turtle. Like, holy he shit. does look like a ninja turtle. <laughs> like, creepy John hit down Danaher as a splinter. <laughs> the creepiest version of splinter. Splinter if splinter was in making mold. Yeah, Gary Gary, Gary is definitely like a, a, a most a, normal looking yeah, he's, human. He's like a Donat- he's the Donatello or the. I don't know who's who's the wacky one. I don't know. I don't know anything about the Ninja Turtles. Gary, he's Mikey. He's, he's Mikey. Mike. He's got the nunchucks and he's all about pizza. You know, <laughs> right. like, I got a weapon that maybe doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you know, that's uh we were looking for just a little news blast and sort of a casual man, this lighting makes my cheekbones look phenomenal. You want to talk about cyborg? Didn't we talk a little bit about cyborg? We yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, we got we got a little bit more time. Yeah, I got I got I got about five, ten more minutes. Five, ten more minutes. Okay, so I'll bring it up here, but until I do, uh, Chris Cyborg, uh, one of the most dominant uh, MMA athletes of all time, recently got promoted to uh, black belt after about eight years at brown belt, and a lot of people uh, thought this was appropriate. I didn't really see any. Um, I didn't really see any complaints from anybody. Here we go. Uh, she just get she earned it from Cobrina, so that's about as legit as you could get. No one's gonna talk to that guy about who who does and does yeah, not right. deserve rank. Uh, and actually, uh, she won some pretty sizable gold medals, I believe, at, at uh, Purple Belt a few years ago. So, uh, and it's interesting she's been putting in time in the gi. She said that as much, and she's been open about that. What do you think? Yeah, do you, do you think you know now that she's taken? You know, she's in Bellator. She her UFC days are done. Maybe her schedule is looking a little lighter. Do we see Cyborg go after ADCCs? Do we see her go after? Does she does she get an invitation to ADCC just because? She's uh, I don't know. An, I don't know about an invitation. She might get a super fight. She might get paid to do a super fight. That would be more likely. I think that they were trying to get Khabib to do a super fight. Mo kind of yeah. Mo Mo was uh you know it's funny that um that we're talking about Habib and, and moved on, but like uh, Tony was talking about in an interview, I think with Bloody Elbow or MMA Fighting.com, I'm not sure which, but he was talking about how, you know, he still wants to fight Habib. He thinks he's going to be back in the MMA, but if he doesn't, then he'd be willing to go on Submission Underground. Uh, Heather, friend of the show, uh, posted about it earlier. So that would be, you know, grappling match, Tony Ferguson, Habib. I'd, I'd be very interested in seeing that. That'd be pretty cool. They ended up, they ended up fighting. Punching each other in the face. Tony Ferguson is a little bit unhinged lately. He's a little, a little bit creepy. Unless yeah. I can punch him in the face, I don't think I'd want anything. I don't want to be very close to Tony Ferguson too much. You know, kind of creeps uh, me out. We're, we're planning to have uh, Daniel Kelly on uh, – Pretty soon, scheduling conflicts had to had to push yeah. it a little bit, and she just had a, a really exciting match against Roxanne Modafari, a standout friend of the show, our, our best friend. You know, right. is that true? No, but <laughs> we're, yes. we're going to say it anyway. Yeah, because you know we, we love her; she's great, um, and she looked great during that match before the toehold. Um, we lo- I think there is a definite market for crossover matches with established MMA stars. And you know, grappling specialists. With that in mind, who do you, who would you want to see Chris Cyborg go against, and why is it Gabby Garcia? <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know. 
the cyborg is big enough to go against Gabby Garcia. I mean, Gabby is? Garcia is a gargantuan. Yeah, I don't know. No I mean, disrespect to Gabby of, Garcia. Yeah. No disrespect to Gabby Garcia. She is a game. You know, but to be perfectly honest with you, like, um, you know, cyborg would have to prove herself a little bit more on the jujitsu scene to go after some of the elites like the Claudia DeVals and, and the girls that are out there really tearing up the, the jujitsu scene. But that's not to say that they don't figure out a way to get cyborg on a show if it's profitable for her. And I'm sure that now in the market of professional jujitsu, it is very profitable for, for, for X MMA fighters, UFC stars to get on a big card because they get paid to do it. Um, so if the money's right, Get her on there, man. Let's it's be something to see. I'm sure she's skilled. I mean, God, she fought forever. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. I when when I heard she's got her black belt, I was like, really? She's on a black belt? I just assumed she was a black belt. You know, she must. She trained under Cabrina. He probably wanted her to dedicate herself to the gi a little bit more, and she probably well, had. I think. Time. And now it's shitty to bring up lineage, just because I feel like that. You know, that's fallen by the wayside. You know, like no one cares where you come from or who you get your belt from. Like you're you're that belt, but. <laughs> it is Cobrinia that's giving her right. a black belt. So, does for me does that does that mean she doesn't have to prove a whole lot in competition? You know, because she's definitely if she's in Cobrinia's gym, she's rolling with legit grapplers. You know, not just MMA black belts and brown belts. She's rolling with legit practitioners. And she doesn't seem like the type that would take the easy way out and just like say I deserve anything. I think that, and Ed, I don't know. Because I haven't seen her on the competition feed until she goes out there and wins an IBJJF Worlds or wins an ADC um, trials. Well, she's, or, she's had gold, gold. She's won gold at purple, you know. So yeah, but, but I this mean, was a long time the, ago at the black belt level, mm-hmm. at the truly elite level. She'd have to go out there and win some big things before they give her a truly elite level grappler. Until that point, you know, she could make her name for herself in the crossover market against a lower level guy, girl, maybe. Um, Oh, there's a girl that 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 won the trials out of Danaher's school. She transgender Dred Jay. She's actually one of um one of Danielle's training partners. She's a little bit bigger girl, and I can't remember her name. Amanda something. I think her name is redheaded girl. You know that would be a good matchup for her. There's a couple other girls out there on on the scene that could give Cyborg a good crossover MMA jujitsu crossover match. But I don't think she's ready to get a really true elite level jujitsu practitioner. You know, um, it's a sh- it's a shame yeah, that the, per- fight, yeah. the perfect venue for her would probably be Submission Underground. But given how uh, dicey her exit from the promotion was, and that uh, or the UFC was, and that you know right. Submission Underground is on UFC Fight Pass, I don't know if Dana would okay it, even though the views would be ridiculous. Like yeah, the, the people the, would someone, buy out the ass. For someone that. will figure it out. I think Mo might figure out a way to get her on a on an ADCC. If you're listening, Mo, get her on the ADCC super fight. I think that would be a good matchup. For oh, her. Just but who knows? Maybe she don't want to do. It. Maybe she's making much money doing Bellator. That the money would have to be right. I think. I think well that what that's the best part about um, MMA star. I think uh, just as a final note, MMA stars going over to the grappling scene a little bit. And I know there's some purists that have problems with it, but I think, you know, the rising tides raising all ships saying applies here because these are highly visible public figures that are injecting a non-zero amount of attention into just traditional grappling. So I think Cyborg's following is such that anything she does is going to get attention. She does a charity 5k, it gets views, you know, like just her running in a circle 
during she's, a turkey trot. She's reached that shit. gold level, platinum level marketability in in the the fighting world. She's she's genuine. She's won a, she's won belts in almost every major promotion. I think Strikeforce, Bellator, UFC, uh, Invicta. In, in what else? That that's it. I don't think she has anything. Pride. Oh no. <laughs> she still has she still has some mileage on her for promoters to take advantage of. I think it's just a matter of when she's done with her MMA career and if they can figure out a way to make it worth her while to train for an event. But who knows? Maybe she wants to do it for the George Jiu Jitsu. Maybe now she just wants to dedicate herself to competing in Jiu Jitsu just to kind of get that competitive fire out of her. You know, we'll see, we'll see how she does. If Cabrina right. gave her a black belt, she's probably pretty good. Mo, I'm going to give you a, a million dollar idea, and you can you can just take it and do whatever you want with it. Uh, Chris Cyborg, Ronda Rousey, judo match. Wow. <laughs> uh, that's, that's 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 not even competitive. MMA or jujitsu match is fine. I don't. I, that would be funny though. It would <laughs> I, be I funny if, if Ronda is so overconfident that she lets Chris get the arm bar as she's being thrown, which you know it still flies. <laughs> jujitsu match is something that could be done though. I would see them. I I, I don't know if they do it in the gi. Let them do it in the gi. But I do it in no gi. Whatever they do, I think ADCC Ronda Rousey Cyborg is that's a that is a million dollar idea. That's a big one right there. Let's make that happen. All, all right, right, Kev, I, I got to go. I got things to right. do. I love you, buddy. Well, let us uh, let us read each other out because this was a really good, dense bit of an episode for all of you fans out there to chew on for a little bit. Uh, we both got to go do life stuff. My fiance has been patiently waiting for me to finish up. <laughs> and the same could be said about She's uh, a good Mr. girl. Mr. Tell Mr. her I said hi. Uh, Kevin G says hi. He says hi. That's Shanice, everybody. Shanice made her official entrance into the podcast. That's great. Yeah, we made a little, little right. chat with her. Yeah, a little chat with her. All right. Well, this has been another uh, hilarious and life-affirming episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. I am your host. I've been your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Kevin Gallagher, right over there. Stay safe, stay healthy, and protect your neck because it's crazy out there. Good night. See you guys.